This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. All right, we're going to talk about healthcare. Very hot topic right now. This is something the NDP government has been quite aggressive on, but is that helping them? No, I think the really surprising polling number, and when you see the dramatic reversal, I think it is surprising and dramatic, um, is the polling rating given to the government for its performance on healthcare. So this is the Angus Reid Foundation. They're a nonprofit. They're independent. They just poll and led by the grand old man of Canadian polling, Angus, Angus Reid. So they ask the public through their polling, obviously, uh, the satisfaction rating with the government on healthcare. Going into the last provincial election, so... John Horgan calls a snap election in September of 2020. The Reid organization's polling uh, that month said 67% of British Columbians gave the government a favorable or indeed a very favorable, very good rating on health care. And a big part of that was uh, management of the COVID-19 pandemic. Almost everybody who was polled, 82%. Said, yeah, the government's doing a great job on that. So, you know, on the strength of that kind of a rating, uh, Horgan calls a snap election, and he won a snap election. So, you fast forward to today, the most recent uh, Reid poll was released this week. The numbers are almost precisely reversed from 67% favorable, 70% negative. The government's doing a poor or a very poor job managing health care. Well, the pandemic's faded to the background. I don't think people have changed their mind about how the pandemic went. But as you know, as we know from our business, uh, the public moves on. And today, the debate around health care is waiting lists, clinics that are closing or turning people away, um, difficulty still enormous getting a family doctor, and what the premier himself admits is unacceptable wait times for cancer care. So uh, it's a pretty dramatic reversal. Um, it it's, I think bears out what we hear in our business. It's also supported in general terms by other polls. So it's not just that the Angus Reid Institute has found something that other people haven't detected as well. Um, it all adds up to, um, I think, a, a potential for an election year, uh, we don't know how all it's going to play out. Uh, Simi, the premier got asked about this this week, the numbers, and he said, I well, said what New Democrats say. You know, the previous government neglected health care. Uh, okay, that's a seven-year-old argument. But anyway, he said that. Uh, the New Democrats are dealing with it, but, uh, you know, the problem, and he points to the numbers, the system is overwhelmed. There's some truth to that. We are breaking records for the number of people in hospitals. We've added something like 300,000 more people to the MSP registration, to the medical plan in BC. 
Uh, we're swamped. Well, maybe that's not the right word, but we are full of uh, yes. immigrants and the population is getting older. So we all know the reasons. But I, I say, you know, in from the last election, you're getting a 67 percent favorable rating on your handling of health care to today when you're getting a 70 percent negative rating on your handling of health care. It has to mean something. <laughs> yeah. So if you're the opposition, you would be feeling optimistic about that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, Kevin Falcon, as you know, in his year-end interviews, he, he loses his temper, I would say, over the polls that show BC United in third place behind the BC Conservatives and the NDP. And in one year-end interview, he said those polls are BS. Well, he's finally found a poll he likes. Because he That's came funny. out this week, he told our colleague Rob Shaw that this poll, it's negative ratings for the government performance on healthcare and negative as well on housing, 83% negative, and negative on cost of living, 81% negative. He said all that adds up to a good argument for a political party to campaign in an election year on time for a change. Um, by the numbers, I would say he has a point. But of course, Simi, it raises the question, the numbers have been headed in this direction for a while. Why hasn't Kevin Falcon been able to capitalize on it? Yeah, that's something I would definitely be concerned about if I were the opposition. So does that mean that they there's a little wiggle room here, would you say, for the NDP? Yeah, I mean, I think the premier wasn't in a panic over these numbers. I, I've covered governments that if they had this kind of negatives on the three biggest issues, because the, the polls, the public also told the pollster, these are the biggest issues, housing affordability, fighting with the cost of living and um, health care waiting. They, they said that's the big issues as far as they're concerned. And the government's waiting is negative on all of that. So. The NDP government in the 1990s would have been in a panic and was in a panic for a long time because when you're getting those kind of ratings from the public, you worry. Why aren't the why aren't the Democrats really all that worried? I think it's something that also emerges from the polling, which is, uh, and this is what upsets Falcon, uh, opposition to the government unfavorable ratings to the government are significant. EB's favorable rating is 46%. His unfavorable is 41%. That's not great. That's close. That could be a tight election around those numbers. But the 41% disapproval rating is split between three parties. So, you know, I mean, the New Democrats uh, have their own polls and they probably are getting similar numbers on this. But what they, when they sit down and think about it, they say, well, yeah, you've got some significant negatives, but nobody's been able to combine them, mm -hmm. the negatives, into a single party message. Um, you know, I hear from uh, people who formerly were known as the BC Liberals that, well, you know, you got to recognize there's a big differences between the 1990s. And sure, the public has changed, the media has changed, the landscape has changed, the way of connecting to the public, all of that has changed. But, you know, I said to one of them the other day, Pierre Polyev seems to have figured this out, right? He's figured out how to take the negatives of the national government, turn it into a coherent message and communicate it to the public, and it's working. So, 
you know, they, you can complain and whine all you want about how things have changed. And, oh, if we weren't split into, you know, two opposition parties, conservatives and liberals, you can say whatever you want about it. Yeah. The fact is it can be done. It is being done at the federal level. And, yeah, it's not up to the government <laughs> to combine its opposition. It's a challenge for the opposition parties. Until they figure it out, well, it's no wonder that David Eby kind of looks at those numbers and goes, yeah, well, we, we better get to work on this stuff. But in the meantime, he's not in a panic about a 70% negative rating on his handling of healthcare. We're going to talk more about the housing issue now with Von Palmer from the Vancouver Sun, because there's no doubt uh, Von, the NDP are trying a lot of different things when it comes to housing. They are trying a lot of different things, and they passed a great raft of legislation last fall, and they're fast forwarding into implementing it this year. Premier's promising results by election day. He wants shovels in the ground and all that. The pushback on this is interesting. Uh, we've a good piece in the Sun today by my colleague Katie Rosa, based on a report put together by a couple of administrators at Metro, Metro Vancouver, and they're saying, "Hang on, you have created some unintended consequences." And here's the thing they're pointing to: so the government is getting rid of single-family neighborhoods. They're getting rid of the zoning for it, and they've ordered municipalities to rewrite their zoning to allow this. So the report says, look, there's a bunch of neighborhoods in Metro Vancouver region that are single family, not because of NIMBY forces, but because there's no transit in those places. If you suddenly step in, as the government is going to do, and put in uh, multifamily on single-family lots, uh, two, three, four, up to six units, and say that's how we're going to deal with the influx of immigrants, you're going to create a problem. There's no transit. Immigrants, and again, the survey shows this, immigrants, they, they move into places, rent or buy, um, near transit because they're going to be paying enough on their mortgages or their rent that having to have vehicles is another issue. So the government is going to step into all these multi single-family neighborhoods and turn them into multifamily. Uh, the government is going to have to address the fact that those places are not served by transit, and transit is what makes density work. So it's interesting. This report, Simi, comes out. As you know, there was a press conference yesterday by TransLink. So Metro Vancouver and TransLink are on the same page in their messaging here because there's a big press conference yesterday by TransLink. Uh, Brad West, Brenda Locke coming out and saying, look, uh, TransLink has a plan uh, to improve transit all over Metro Vancouver, but the government, senior government's are going to have to step in and provide some money. They say short-term, $500 million in capital. Short-term, $200 million in operating funds, or some of those plans are going to have to be put on hold. So, you know, there's, there's two ways to push back at a very ambitious government plan. I mean, one way is to just protest and push back. The other is to say, think about the consequences of what you're doing and tell us how we're going to adapt to this. And I think we're going to see both strategies this year. The New Democrats face some huge challenges in implementing their very ambitious housing plan. 
Do you feel like that's going to be, you know, one of the hot topics on on the election campaign? Like, I think healthcare will definitely be one. Housing will definitely be another. It'll be what would you do differently? I think, yes, I think what would you do differently? And I think also, uh, where are the results? You know, the premier in his year-end interviews said that he wants to see uh, the housing underway before the election. He wants people to see results. So he wants groundbreaking ceremonies. We, they still are coming out, Simi, with one more ambitious housing plan, which is called BC Builds. Uh, it is due before the, election, uh, before the budget or around that time in February. Uh, what it is, is the government's gone out and assembled a whole bunch of public land uh, owned by Crown Corporation, school boards, municipalities, indigenous nations, uh, provincial land. Uh, they say they're going to make that available with provincial financing to build housing for people who can't afford housing, miss, the missing middle. Uh, they say they're going to do it. They say they're going to roll it all out at the same time as they're telling the municipalities they have to adapt to last year's legislation by June the 30th. I mean, even if you give the government, Simi, credit for the best of intentions on this, and I think they do deserve credit for good intentions on this, it is going to be very difficult to manage that to the premier's promise of results and groundbreaking ceremonies before October the 19th, which is election day. Well, so much for us to talk about. Uh, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Simi. That is Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com. Certainly those two issues will be the big things that we are talking about in this election year, the health care system and housing. Some of the numbers that came from Health Minister Adrian Dix yesterday are quite astonishing, as Vaughn pointed out, that we have more than 300,000 people that have been added to MSP, have signed up for it now. Obviously, that makes things more challenging, trying to find space for all those people. And we ourselves are getting more complex healthcare issues that we have to deal with, which is causing that to take up more time in the healthcare system too. So again, if you want to weigh in, simi at cknw.com.